Wherever I saw, uh, wherever I saw one of them, I saw three of them sitting in the diner for lunch, squeezed tightly together in the church pews, or standing in the lobby talking with the energetic speakers that we heard this week, day or night, they were inseparable. These three gals had known each other only for one day when they arrived in Atlanta this week, where we were all gathered, 1,200 preachers from all denominations across the country for the Festival of Homiletics, Atlanta, Georgia. It was a great week, very, very powerful. And I knew one of those three women from a prior Festival of Homiletics in Nashville, and her name was Takui. I love her name, Takui. And she is a large Armenian-Lebanese UCC pastor living in Canada. Try all those on. She is a delightful bundle of extroverted energy, humor, and warm love. I recall her heartache in leaving Lebanon years ago for political reasons and her missing of family and friends. The second gal was a short, blonde... Uh, who, named, who was named Anne, and she was from South Carolina, and she was Episcopalian. She had a great love for golden retrievers and had every dog picture on her iPhone and shared with us. And not much time, uh, but not, not was there very much silent time in the midst of those three women gathered together. And the third one was quiet, Pastor Susan, a tall, pleasant Lutheran from Indiana. And that made three. From the first day I saw them, everywhere I went, I saw them together. At every speech, at every worship, three of them. Outside, sitting on a bench. So I was honored on Wednesday to join this trinity of clergy for lunch at the local diner, which they called the White House. It wasn't exactly the White House. But there was a ton of empathy and mutual support between all of us as we shared our church's challenges, our dreams together, But as you know, in human relations, three can be a hard number. Sometimes, you know, we have different opinions, different styles, different backgrounds, different cultures, different uh, views of the election process, and uh, different uh, churches, traditions, family systems, on it goes. But I share this story on the Christian calendar today because, if you hadn't known it before, today is... Trinity Sunday, Trinity Sunday, the day that most pastors aren't really tickled to tackle the Trinity because, you know, it's not really a warm, fuzzy, relatable thing, we think. It is really a doctrine, that is, it's not really in the Scripture. You can't look up Trinity in the Bible verses and find it listed anywhere. This is something that the early scholars and... uh, teachers had to work up to explain what was in the scripture already, namely God referred to in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We, we confess the Apostles' Creed, the shortest and briefest, which is the Trinitarian formula. Each, each uh, paragraph speaks of one of the persons of the Trinity. We have the Nicene Creed, which we say on special occasions, often on a communion Sunday or a special holiday. And then we have the long and highly complicated Athanasian Creed. Now, this is where we separate the uh, 
older Lutherans from the newer ones, and let's, or anybody at all, how many of you know about the Athanasian Creed? One, two, we have, oh, there's nobody over here. Well, when you have a few minutes, you can look it up in the front of the hymnal. But um, the Athanasian Creed is our longest creed, and it is a creed dedicated to trying to help us understand the Trinity and what it is and what it isn't, and it goes on and on and on. And so <clears throat> it speaks like an equation in physics class. It's, these are a few excerpts. We worship the Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the divine being. They are equal in glory, co-eternal in majesty, da 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 So it's really well written if you like that kind of thing. But I prefer a user-friendly version of insight into our triune God, uh, something that you could really use with a curious millennial that might be coming back to church with some interest, and wouldn't want to be hit right up front with that particular text. And so uh, my favorite author in explaining things is Frederick Beekner, a UCC pastor, and he suggests this in one of his um, explanations of the Trinity. If the idea of God as both three and one seems far-fetched and obfuscating, look in the mirror someday. There is a... The interior life known only to yourself and those you choose to communicate it to. That would be the Father. There is B, the visible face you have, in order to communicate that interior life in such a way that others do not merely know about it, but know it in the sense of it becoming part of who they are. And three... Nope, that was wrong. See how confusing the Trinity is? I want to start over. We're going to review this. A. What was A? Class. And what was the image? Your interior life. Okay, the stuff that goes on deep inside of you that only you know is there, uh, but can be... uh, Communicated in ways, that's the Father. B, see, I I skipped a line. The visible face that in some measure reflects the Son because the Son was incarnate, became human flesh and blood. And C, the invisible power that you have in order to communicate the interior life in such a way others do not merely know about it, but know it in the sense of becoming part of who they are, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not visible, but translates the whole thing from the Father and Son into our daily living. Yet what you are looking at in that same mirror is clearly and indivisibly the one and only you. What we really should remember about the Trinity is that it tries to show how passionately God is relational. We Christians have a relational God Not a higher God that wants to be separate from us and rule us and dominate us, but a God who wants to be at one with us, who took great pains to do so. And all the persons of the Trinity are really from one source. And that one source wants to have a living relationship with God's people. That's why the Creator God emptied Himself and became Jesus. And when Jesus died for us and rose, he sent back the Holy Spirit as gift and guide to us to speak to our hearts, especially at baptism, 
Today, we will be able to witness that specific claiming and coming to <clears throat> little Emma Rose. We're empowered by the Spirit to tell the world that God loves the entire human race. Years ago, maybe some of you were in the book study group. Maybe it's eight, nine years ago now. We studied on, and during Lent, The Shack. The Shack. It was a novel that tried to talk about God by William Young. We had small group discussions. Maybe 50 people were coming out reading this book. We were all into it. And I always refer to this again and again as one of the best explanations for a conversation about the Trinity. If you don't know the plot line, it's um, basically a young father was out on a camping trip with his children. His young daughter was horribly kidnapped and murdered. He blamed himself. They never could find her, and he blamed God above all. It broke the relationship of trust he had with his uh, Heavenly Father. And one day he gets in the mailbox a letter from God saying, I want you to go into this cabin out into the woods. Well, he was at his rope's end by then, and so he went. And when he gets out to this cabin, uh, he has an interesting uh, relationship develop. As he's uh, knocking on the door of this cabin, a big black woman comes to the door, very uh, happy woman, invites him in, says, we've been waiting for you. Come on in. I've got breakfast ready. And she has a meal prepared. She is the father God figure, ironically, and she is called Papa. I love that she's a woman, she's black, she's also Papa. It's all in there. Jesus is also there, and he is, not surprisingly, a woodworker and works in the carpentry shop in the back shed. And the Holy Spirit is a fascinating, fun character named Sarayu. She's sort of a hippie who kind of tingles and jingles with beads when she walks. She's a free spirit, and she keeps appearing all over, and she carries a glass little bottle in which she collects tears and tries to take the sadness away from everyone she meets. The host, uh, they host Mac in this cabin in the woods. Mackenzie is his name. And one day they have a discussion about the Trinity. And Max is kind of grumpy, and he's kind of uh, not believing much. So he begins, you know, I love the way that you treat each other. It's certainly not how I expected God to be. You respond with such graciousness to each other. Isn't one of you, let's say more, the boss of the other? Doesn't one lord it over the other two? I'm talking about who is in charge. Don't you have a chain of command? Chain of command? That sounds ghastly, Jesus said. Sarayu, the spirit, adds, Mac, we have... No concept of final authority among us, only unity. We are in a circle of friendship, a circle of relationship, not a chain of command. We don't need power over the other because we're always looking out for the best. Hierarchy would make no sense among us. Actually, this is your problem, this hierarchy, not ours. Well, Max says, really? How so? Once you have hierarchy, you need rules to protect and administer it. And then you need law and enforcement, and you end up with some chain of command or a system of order that destroys relationships. 
You rarely see or experience relationship apart from power. Papa continues, Creation has been taken down a very different path than we desired in your world. The value of the individual is constantly weighted against the survival of the system, whether political, economic, social, or religious. First one person, and then a few, and finally even many are easily sacrificed for the good of the ongoing system and its existence. In one form or another, this lies behind every struggle for power, every prejudice, every war, every abuse of relationship. Jesus now interrupted. If you had truly learned to regard each other's concerns as significant as your own, there would be no need for hierarchy. Just think about that. If we were to regard each other's around the world, in the global village, each other's concerns as significant as our own, there would be no need for hierarchy. Mac, Papa said, we want to share with you this love and joy and freedom and light that we already know within ourselves. We created you, the human, to be in face-to-face relationship with us, to join our circle of love. And after that, brothers and sisters, There is great merit in looking into the Trinity, in understanding the foundation of our faith. On this Trinity Sunday, indeed we are invited once again to join in the circle of love, a circle unbroken and precious, with no hierarchy, given to us in baptism, From the very first moment, God claims us in those waters. Tracing the cross on our brows in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, let us live joyfully together as one. Amen. Amen.